0: hello
1: how are you today
0: doing well and you you know you know yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) always glad to be back here if you were not aware you are listening to another episode of you i do the podcast that is going to shed light on what it means to be a visually impaired bride (laughs)
0: We talked to Elizabeth, who is a blind bride, and this episode was really great in that we were able to gain some insight in planning a wedding and being disabled. She basically walks us through her entire wedding planning process because what we did not realize is that you know planning a wedding, there's a lot of visual aspects that goes into it, and so. Elizabeth walks us through and how that has been a delight, but then also a challenge for her. So I know that you all will learn a lot from this episode. It's a long one, but it's a good one.
1: Very, very true. Enjoy. Awesome. We have a very, very wonderful and special guest with us tonight. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. My name is Elizabeth Purnell, but I go by Liz. Let's see. I'm native born Washingtonian, the true DMV. I'm an attorney. I'm a state's attorney here for Prince George's County. I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out the pretty girls of, pretty, of Prince George's County. So I've done my job. Let's see. I am engaged. My fiance's name is Reggie. I have been in this area my whole life with the exception of the time that I was down there with you all. Um, I went to Spelman and then I went to law school in Jacksonville and then I returned and I've been in the DC metropolitan area basically since then. Oh and the most important thing is I'm blind and I'm here today to talk about disability and accessibility in the wedding sphere.
0: Awesome. We are so happy to have you. Yes. I did not know you went to Spelman. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Damn. you were. wow, oh, Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> so you were down in the ATL, you know, yes. for a little bit, you yes. know, so. Good old West End. Mm hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I mm-hmm. um, love that. My yeah. husband went to Morehouse, so I feel like. Oh,
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you already know. <laughs> when did he graduate? Uh, 2009. Oh, it was a year after me i was there in 2000 i graduated in 08 okay yeah yeah okay i'm okay. gonna have to bring that up afterwards <laughs> He. You know i wonder i bet you he knows some of the people i know we'll we'll talk it's a small world over here <laughs> extremely it's a, it's a very small world <laughs> <laughs> like a little corner of atlanta yeah exactly exactly oh, yeah. For well, sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you both. I'm a big fan. You know, I've been binge listening uh, for about three months now and I still have so far to go, but I am so happy that you all invited me to come on and speak because I think the things that I have to share, the perspective that I have are necessary, part of a conversation that is needed in our community. Definitely. Definitely. And we're so happy to have you on and
1: for you to be able to share and help us learn and just be better people and how we move and how we speak so that, you know, we're not offending somebody or, you know, we're just being a little bit more considerate overall. So absolutely, thank you. Thank you. So let's dive into, you know, you and Reggie's story. So How
2: did y'all meet, you know, like, give us all the goods. Okay. Um, (laughs) Well, I'll take you back right before I met him. So I was not born blind for anyone listening. I lost my vision in 2015 as a result of um, having been diagnosed with something called intracranial hypertension, uh, mm. idiopathic intracranial hypertension, and Tania, as I'm sure you understand, idiopathic means there's no medical explanation for why it happened. It just did. I went from 20/20 vision to whatever this is now within six months. It was a very rapid progression. I was oh. diagnosed in June 2015. And by October, 2015, I'd lost 90% of my vision. Shout out to the doctors at Johns Hopkins University. They saved my life. Actually, my neurologist saved my life. Brilliant black doctor by the name of Taryn Fortune. If anybody in the DMV needs a neurologist, seek her out. She is so brilliant. She was able to diagnose me. The minute I walked into her office, I said, doc, something's wrong. My vision's fuzzy. I don't know what's happening. And I had been prone to headaches and migraines for so long. So she'd already, I think she'd already pinpointed that this might be an issue for me. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But yeah, so she said, I need you to run, not walk to Johns Hopkins. And I went through a series of surgeries at Thanksgiving, Christmas, Um, to save what is left of my remaining vision, which is about, I would say, maybe 2%. I can see lights, I can see shadows, I can see randomly the color red, which ironically is one of my least favorite colors of the rainbow. So that's fun. But so all of that happened in 2015. And I had been in a relationship up until I got my diagnosis. I was dating Mm -hmm. a a young man. (sighs) What a... What an interesting 10 months that was. Um, and then I got sick and he needed me to take care of him more than I could, because that's what the dynamic of our relationship had been. So I broke that off because I just, I couldn't anymore. Broke up with him. I went through all of my rehab. I took a year or so off. And then fast forward to August, 2016, just a few months after my 30th birthday. I'm 36 now, proud of it. No problem saying it out loud. August 2016 I decided, okay, it's time. I think I'm ready. I'm ready to start dating again and I'm ready to find my person. And I had tried online dating in the past. Um, I'd met my ex through online dating. So I wasn't 100% hopeful and honestly, I there was a lot of fear there because I was just a year out Um, A little year out from having my diagnosis, being blind, I was not very secure about who I was. I was, quite frankly, embarrassed. I didn't want to be the blind girl. And so there were a lot of negative thoughts running through my mind. You know, I'm never going to find anyone to love me now. Besides that, I decided to hop back on to I had a very, very old OKCupid account that I resurrected purely for funsies. And within just a few weeks, um, Reggie, he hit me up. He sent me a like or whatever they're called now. I I don't even think my account's active anymore. So I have no idea what that, but he sent me um, like a tap or whatever. And quite frankly, I ignored him. I, I ignored him at first because he was from Baltimore and my ex was from Baltimore. And the guy I'd talked to before that was from Baltimore. And I was just tired of men from Baltimore. Black men specifically from Baltimore. But over time, over a couple of weeks, I kept coming back and I liked what I read about him. I was, you know, fresh out of law school, getting ready to take the bar. He was an attorney already completely by accident. And I, I found his profile to be interesting. And then I spoke with my younger sister and I said, Stephanie, I I don't know what to do about this guy. You know, he's from Baltimore. I really don't, I don't want to deal with that anymore. But she looked at his profile and the first words out of her mouth were, oh, he's cute. Um, (laughs) So, and of course for me, you know, that's another thing about being blind. Dating is visual, right? Let's, Let's be honest about it. Men view women, women view men. And it's much easier to pick a partner that you can see, you know, are you attracted? Do you like their smile? What do their eyes do for you? I didn't have any of that. All I had was some words on a profile and um, an exclamation from my sister that he was attractive. Um, she wasn't wrong. I do find him to be very attractive. He's got this beautiful dark skin that I absolutely love. So after having this conversation with my sister, I decided, okay, fine. Um, and I sent him a message. I don't remember what it said, some introductory stuff. And then we were back and forth for a couple of weeks. And I remember at first, I wasn't even really that into him because it was so hard pulling conversation out of him. And I'm a talker, as I'm hoping your guests or your listeners have gotten by now. I talk. I ask questions. I like people asking me questions. And it felt difficult at first having... These conversations with him because I felt like I was doing more of the work. And it irritated me, quite frankly. I was gonna give up, but something told me to stick it out. And then we exchanged phone numbers because I was like, okay, well, maybe if I get him on the phone, this will be better. I said, We've been talking long enough. Here's my phone number, call me, because I don't call voice. And he did. And I fell in love with his voice instantly. That was September 6th, 2016. And we have been on the phone. Or together ever since. So that's how we met. We, okay, Cupid, we are an okay Cupid success story. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Our first date was wonderful. So fast forward October 15th, 2016, we went on our very first date. And in a, you know, I, I was living at home with my parents at the time. So he had to come to the house, he had to meet my parents. He had to shake my father's hand, he had to look my mother in the eye um, and meet me all the same time. And I was, you know, crazy nervous, but he, or I should say I was wildly nervous. I should be careful about that. Using language like that, crazy, can be very ableist, note to all the listeners. But I was incredibly nervous, and he came into my driveway. He was brasting uh, broccoli, I don't know if you all know that, remember that song, but I just, I'll never forget that. (laughs) Yeah. That was a good
0: song. That was a good song. (laughs) So
2: that's the first song I ever heard from from Reggie. And he came up to my front porch um, and he greeted my parents and he was so sweet, very polite, and shook my father's hands and. That was, that was it. I learned later, he apparently really liked my outfit. Um, shout out to my besties, Caitlin and Aaron, who helped me pick that out. He liked my makeup. So that's cool. Um, and then we went downtown to the Adams Morgan area. Not downtown, but like a suburb, Northwest at, at the Adams Morgan area. I took him for barbecue because during the time that we had been getting to know one another, he said that barbecue was you know, some of his favorite food. So we went to a barbecue restaurant he didn't love it. The food was decent. It wasn't great. But I also remember I didn't eat that much because again, I was super nervous. I wanted to make sure my face looked good. I didn't smudge my makeup because I'd done it myself and it took a long time to do it and blend. Um, And I was still very nervous. And then we came back to my parents' home and that's when we had our first kiss. right, Right outside the Uber. (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh
2: yeah yeah um and then we spent the rest of the day together i decided i really like this guy i really enjoyed spending time with him so i took him i have a park my favorite park in the entire world i used to go there all the time and just sit walk around um and i decided to take him there we've been back there many times since it's sort of our spot now and then um we ended the night at the ipic theater i don't know if you all are familiar with the ipic chain one of the reasons I like them is because of the accessibility. They've got the seat side service and like mm-hmm. full bar and menu and that kind of thing. And I wanted him to experience that. Plus their truffle fries are just, you, you can't beat those. <laughs> we saw, we saw Burst of the Nation. Reggie hated it. Um, quite frankly, I don't remember it because I remember he was holding my hand the whole time. And all I kept focusing on was. The feeling of his tan, his skin is baby soft. Even now, this man has skin that will put most people to shame. It's <laughs> really soft. I love it. So I don't really remember the movie, but I just remember that we spent that whole day together from like noon to midnight. We were just together and I had such an amazing time with him. And by the end of the night, I knew, you know, I, I liked this guy. And so he asked me that night, To be his girlfriend, and I said yes, and it's been him and me uh, since that day, which is why our wedding date is so significant. Spoiler alert: we're getting married on October fifteenth of this year. It'll be our year anniversary. I love that. Yes,
0: congratulations.
2: Yes, such a sweet story. It really is. And then the engagement. Oh yeah, twenty twenty. He. It was. It was a very. It wasn't a big showy thing. I I loved it. It was just us and Lola. Lola's our pup. And we got up on Christmas morning. We were both just in our PJs. We opened presents or we started to open presents. And normally we always let Lola go first, but he let me go first. And all I remember was him screaming in the middle of his living room. Hey, babe, guess what? We're getting married. (laughs) And I was so very caught off guard at first. It took me a minute to process the words. Like I heard them, but the the sentence didn't make sense to me because what? Um, (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, I got a ring. And then he got down on one knee and Lola was there. She was wagging her tail and panting excitedly. And he grabbed my hand. Of course, he didn't know what he was doing because he'd never been engaged or proposed to anyone before. So he handed me this box. And I was like, no, 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 your turn. (laughs) (laughs) There is a way. (laughs) So he took it out and he started to put it on the wrong hand that I held it. I held my left hand out. I was like, this one. So he put the ring on my finger. It's um, the black diamond because that's what I asked for and fits into our theme. Hashtag black diamonds, black love. And that's been us this whole time. So that was, that was our engagement. We got engaged on Christmas 2020, right in the heart of that first year of pandemic. It was a mm-hmm. wonderful reprieve from all of the trash that was 2020. I bet. That's such a sweet story though. Thank you. So I've rambled. That's, that is our love story. So that's, that's Reggie and Liz, the, the early years.
1: (laughs) I love that. And I think it was something about the, that time of 2016 because I met my husband in 2016 as well. Um, And I know a few others that we've talked to that have either come on the show or we've just like interacted with somehow a lot of people met, people in 2016. Like I don't know what it was about that time frame. Mhm. Mhm. 2016 was a good year. It, it really was. <laughs> it, it really was. Um, <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, I was still going through my struggles. <laughs> well.
2: That's real. That is real, but you made it, girl. You made yes. it. Yes, I did. I <laughs> yes. did. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have friends who are still uh, in the in the struggle out here in the streets. Right. It is ugly out here the streets are disgusting okay okay (laughs) so very very lucky um i actually um i went to try on bridal gowns one time just to get an idea of what silhouettes i would i would like because i already knew i was always going to have my gown made and i'll talk about more of this later but Mm -hmm. the young woman my bridal consultant that day she was just telling me about her horror stories i i could literally never um, I will be single for the rest of my life before I ever date again oh just, <laughs> it's terrible um so very very for I'm very blessed Reggie is one of the sweetest kindest most most loving people I know he's just i I count myself very fortunate because as a blind woman another thing I have to be worried about is you know statistically blind women are more likely to experience dating violence from the opposite. Mm you know, this is a man I'd never met before. I met my man off the internet. I can't identify him. You know, if this man were to take me somewhere, you know, on our first date, you know, and I hate to go a little dark, but you know, anything could have happened, right? This is a man who for the last five and some change, has loved me so honestly, so safely. And I was a domestic violence attorney for a while. And to know what, what's out there, you know, I consider myself very fortunate that I have found safe love and in the world as a blind woman. So I'm, I won't do this again because I, and I don't think I'll need to, because he loves me. He loves me so much. That's good. Oh my gosh. That's such a blessing. That is, really is such
0: a blessing. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely.
0: Wow. Absolutely.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: Oh, there's so much
1: There's so much I already want to ask.
2: Ask me everything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) First, we're going to play this or that. We're going to play this or that. And then we are going to ask all the questions. All right. Trust me. All right. Um, This game is sponsored by our friends at Flower Moxie. Um, You can save a lot of money with your flowers by using Flower Moxie. So head to flowermoxie.com slash UI do to learn more. We're going to do four rounds of this, and then we'll, of course, go into the questions. All right. I'm excited. (laughs) Awesome. So to start, would you prefer to have your name, like say the place you got your wedding gown from said, we will throw in free embroidery. So you can pick between the two options. You can have your name embroidered in the gown, or you can have your wedding date embroidered. Which would you select?
2: Oh I don't like either, but if I had <laughs> to pick, if I had to pick I think it would be my date. oh there it would be my date because I know my name but but the date is so significant that I I think I would want that memorialized, especially since I would only ever wear that dress on that date mm-hmm. that seems the most appropriate to me. So yeah, I'd choose my wedding date. All right. Good enough answer. Tania, what about you? I think I'm going to choose my name. I actually like
0: my name <laughs> and I guess I would put my whole name. I don't really have a reason why, Okay, but you know, <laughs> it would be my full name. Yeah. That works. <laughs> okay. I, I know it's would... complicated. I'm you sorry. You are, you are. <laughs>
1: That's fine. I'm with Liz. I'm just putting my date because I already know my name. Like what's the point? And because I'm just going to get this dress preserved afterwards anyway. So it's just going to go in a box.
2: Me too. Did you pick a service already? Yes.
1: I went with the wedding preservation company because that's honestly what most of these bridal shops go with anyway. So let me just eliminate the middleman and save myself some money. So I did that. My dress is in my
2: closet right now. Love that for you. Mm
1: -hmm. So, yeah, I will say if you are considering it, look at the prices now versus closer to the end of the year, because I do and I don't know if this was just a uh, going into 21, 22 type of thing, but the price has changed. I was looking at it last year, meant to lock it in, forgot it went up by like $20. So I was like, Ooh, fantastic! I should have done that before it. So good to know. Good note. <laughs> yes. And it took that process really wasn't that bad. So just FYI, uh, next round. So you have your wedding ring. And you're starting to notice, you know, maybe, maybe it was after you ate something that was really, really good, but kind of salty. And so you got some salt in your ring. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Do you get your ring cleaned at home? Like through one of these kits that you found online, but you know, it's like not as great as driving across town and going to a jeweler. So the options are basically cleaning it at home, but it's just, eh, you know, it's it's you did it at home. Or do you drive across town to the jeweler and have them clean your ring? At the end of the day, the ring is still clean. Yeah. It's just a matter of the labor, you know.
2: Oh, girl, I'm doing that myself. I <laughs> got my dazzle stick on deck. I also got um, battery operated ring cleaning brush. I got amazing cleaning solvents specifically for jewelry. I'm gonna give it a go. Um, okay. I think, I think I can do it. Now, if I'm heading to say Paris, that's a completely separate story. But <laughs> just just for me here at home, I I'll do it myself. Okay. Save my money. Makes sense. All right, Tania. What about you?
0: You know, it all depends. Now is like is this happening before my wedding? Is this happening just on a random day? Ooh, good question. Random day. Okay, then I'm cleaning it Just have some salt in your front (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, then I'm cleaning it at home. (laughs) Now, like, if this was like before my wedding, I'm going to go take a trip downtown to my Mm jewelry because, baby, when they clean that thing, that thing is sparkling.
1: (laughs) I'm also just doing it at home because gas is too expensive right now to... (laughs) drive anywhere for anyone to do something that I can
0: do here. (laughs) I do not know. No, Mm -hmm. it's worth it. It's worth the gas money.
1: I mean, yeah, I've definitely Mm -hmm. done that before. Like if I'm in a certain neck of the woods and I know like, oh, I'm close to that jeweler or their location in Alpharetta. Oh yeah. I'm a, I'm a go in, but also I don't get it too dirty on average time like day anyway. So Mm -hmm. when they clean it, they're like, your ring is still very clean. Like (laughs) we didn't do like, we didn't do a lot because like, and also because I wear my band more than I wear my ring. Like if I'm in the house, I'm just wearing my band or if I'm running errands, I'm just wearing my band. But like, if it's a, if, if it's an occasion where I have to pull out the
2: hardware, then I'll I'll put on the stack. But, um, I like that. That's smart. Um, I haven't had it cleaned yet, but that's mm-hmm. definitely the plan before the wedding. I'm actually going to send it back. Oh, another vendor, I should have shouted out. Um, I had my, my jeweler is a black woman. Um, mm-hmm. I had oh, nice. The, the ring Reggie bought me originally was very beautiful, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted. And I want to be real about that. So mm-hmm. I had it repurposed. So I have the same ring, metal and stones, just a different, des- slightly different design now. And I had a, a Black female jeweler redo the whole thing. And so she also, I had her go ahead and just make me the whole matching set. So she's got my band. Mm. Um, and so I'm just going to send my ring to her like a month before and have her clean the whole set and send it back to me. So I'm excited for that. Oh, I nice. love that.
0: I love that. Like, you know, you were vocal about, babe. I love this, but this is not exactly what I wanted. <laughs> close. You were so close.
1: <laughs> a for effort. Uh-huh. However. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, that's very real. Because there are some people that do not and suffer in silence. Uh, we have a video on TikTok with a a lot, a lot of comments about how they hate the ring. I'll oh. just say oh. like, hundreds of people.
2: (laughs) Oh, ladies don't live like that. Or gentlemen, people, people of the world, do not suffer in silence.
1: Right. It's like, oh gosh. But anywho. Okay. (laughs) Next question.
2: Sorry. (laughs) All good. All good. All right. So
1: last two rounds, welcome night at the hotel. So This is now an additional $1,000, but your honeymoon suite is free for the weekend. If you go this route, or you can have welcome night at your favorite restaurant for $1,500, but they will provide unlimited food and drink all night long. So are you going with the hotel or are you going with the restaurant?
2: Wow. (laughs) Um, So if I have my welcome night at the hotel, but Mm -hmm. my honeymoon suite there. So I'm there for the night. Yes. So basically say
1: you're, you, you're like, we're going to just have a welcome night in like a conference room or something, have food provided from the hotel, all of that, Mm -hmm. or what have you people come in and, and because you basically continue business with the hotel, which likely is already hosting your room block. They are going to throw in one of the honeymoon suites for free for you for the entire weekend. So before the wedding, after the wedding, you know, like just while you are hosting wedding events that weekend is free free. or the favorite restaurant, unlimited food and drink for that one night. But, you know, say they shut down the restaurant or they gave you part of the restaurant for this event and um, all of the food for, and drink for your guests, for 1,500.
2: Everybody. So, okay. Oof, that's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> um, you know what? I think because I'm already so excited about this amazing honeymoon I'm having, I'm going to take the L on this one and give it to my guests. I am Aww. going to... Take the unlimited food and and alcohol package for the guests for the night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: That's very considerate of you, Liz. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tania?
0: <laughs> I of course am going to do the same. I love a good unlimited package. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, I think I'll be happy, but then also my closest friends and family will also be absolutely very, very happy.
1: I think I like the idea of the restaurant as well, especially because it can tie back to our foodie days or my foodie days. And when Ed just would like join me on all of my different media dinners and whatnot. So similar thought of eat whatever you want, try whatever you want. We already love this restaurant. Mm-hmm. You enjoy it just as much as we do. Um, so we're all on the same page.
2: Very good. Yeah.
1: All right. Final round for this. When it comes to your wedding cake, you picked the cake flavor, but the recipe changed at the last minute. Mm-hmm. So what you remember from the tasting and what your guests receive, two different vibes. It was just okay. It wasn't knock out the part good. Mm. Or the other option is you went with a baker's choice and then the baker selected a red velvet carrot cake and it was good, but it's red velvet carrot cake. Which option would you go with? So wow, the recipe that changed or essentially baker's choice, which ended up being red velvet carrot cake.
2: It's like you looked directly into my soul and <laughs> picked the least favorite things on my list. I'm going to say this out loud to the black community. I hate red velvet. I hate carrot cake. Hate them both. Hate them both. And I'm prepared to, to take on whatever that means to your listeners. Um, So I'm going to go with my mediocre first choice. Um, Whatever I selected, that's what I want at my wedding. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: All right, Tania. You know, Elizabeth, you're not the only person who dislikes red velvet cake. I mean, I'll eat it if that's the only thing available, Mm -hmm. but I probably won't finish it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to go with the first choice as well, because hopefully I would have chosen a baker who bakes amazing cakes. Mm -hmm. And so no matter what they make, it's going to be amazing. And Absolutely. so if it's like closer to what I originally picked, then I'm pretty sure she just tweaked or he just tweaked the recipe to make it even better. So I'm going to okay. go with the first choice. Mm-hmm. And
1: I am a third black person on this show that is not really here for <laughs> red velvet. <laughs> <laughs> I love this for us. Um, I will say so one, I think there are so many discrepancies with red velvet, like some, yeah. their red velvet is chocolate cake and some is vanilla cake. That's r- like red, mm-hmm. like just would die. So, you know, you have a little bit of that. I don't really consume caffeine anymore. So I try to stay away from all chocolates. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I know, I know. So I, And I'm not too big on carrot cake. There have been a few carrot cakes I don't mind. Um, The carrot cake y'all had was very delicious. My grandma made a really good carrot cake. That's where it stops. (laughs) <laughs> Most people are not good at carrot cake. It's like, I I don't know. But it's also it's like you wanted to put carrots in a cake. Who who was that person that was like, you know what? This is okay. going to be a dessert. Questions that is wrong answers. Who
2: who's that guy?
0: Because who was
1: like, let's throw in vegetables into a cake?
0: You know, I just want to stop you right there because I've made a really good zucchini like cupcake or like cake. They become really good brownies. Come on now.
1: But is a zucchini a real vegetable or is it like
2: a fruit vegetable, like a tomato? Isn't it a vegetable? You know what? We're not even going to get into this. <laughs> <laughs> the person who created carrot cake clearly doesn't understand humans. That, that, that's that's it. Yeah. It's awful. It's awful. Yes. Um, and And red velvet cake is dry. It's always <laughs> dry. Just always dry. So there. I said it. <laughs>
0: meanwhile that's like brandon's favorite cake in my mommy in love that's like their favorite cake and Brandon, I mean, your, your husband yes okay it yeah. was their
1: wedding cake flavor right yeah. or yeah uh-huh. i mean it yeah. was good cake though i'm like
0: it was really really it good was good cake. i, I, I mean, think i even got took something right if you get the right baker mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it all depends on the baker yeah. but
1: we're really just talking about that first person that put this together like everybody else that has enjoyed it since then you know there's nothing on you now the people that are making the dry red velvet cake that is on them (laughs) okay (laughs) that that is that's them like i'm not going to give leeway there um because how do you make cake dry you know, like that, that's a problem. That's Where's, a larger conversation. Where,
2: where are about. your liquids? Did you not add more then? I don't know, but just, you? whatever you did, do better. Anyway, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page there. Um, Very much. Very much. So now <laughs> we're actually going to go into talking about your wedding planning journey and. So that we are all more aware of what others experience, but also things that we can just do and make mental notes so that we can just be better and more inclusive, I'll say, when it comes to our wedding planning or just our respective journeys. So
0: let's see. So we're going to start off with first question. So to call you a blind bride, is that politically correct?
2: It's correct for me, because that's who I am. I understand your question. Is the word blind in and of itself a problem? No, blind is actually exactly what I am. And what that means is because visual impairment actually runs on a spectrum. There are people who are visually impaired. There are those who are low vision. And then there are people like me who are legally blind. And that is based purely on numbers. If you ask me what my vision is, I like the number 20 over whatever I don't know what it is. All I know is when I go into the optometrist or the ophthalmologist, I don't see the big letter E. I mean, I know it's there, but I don't see it. I don't see anything. So I am blind blind, but there are people who have better vision than me and that I think is one of the first misconceptions about vision loss. It's a spectrum. Actually, only 10% of those who suffer from vision loss are completely blind. That blackout mm. that everybody imagines mm-hmm. much less common. Ninety percent of us have some remaining vision, whether it be light perception, movement, uh, and any number of things. Like I said earlier, for me, it's light and shadows. You know, dark versus light contrast, random shades of red, and also bright blue. So, and who knows what that is? All I know is that. Um, that's what it is for me. And that's based on how my disability affected or rather my illness affected my optic nerves. So again, I suffer from in the streets of the medical world called pseudotumor, which is essentially a buildup of the CSF, the cerebrospinal fluid in your brain. Normally, you know, the way you're, you're, neurological system works, your CSF, you know, it flows up and through your body and recycles itself over and over again. Mine stopped doing that. And I was building pressure in my brain, um, mimicking, I guess, symptoms of what it would be like if someone had a physical tumor. And what that did for me was cause too much pressure to my optic nerves and that decreased blood flow, causing severe neuropathy. So my eyes... Are perfect. My retinas work, my irises work, you know, they function, but I cannot get visual signals to my brain anymore because of the nerves that connect the optic nerve to the uh, visual cortex no longer that pathway is dead. And unfortunately, nerves are one of the few things in the body you can't regenerate. So mm. until we get there, um, I'm sort of SOL, but it's fine. Um, one of the reasons I want to bring attention to this particular um, diagnosis is because, as I mentioned earlier, my doctor sort of foresaw this for me. And the reason why is because I am an overweight Black woman. One thing they don't talk about, and and this is just the healthcare system in general, is we have standardized so much of our healthcare that we don't consider different, you know, communities of people. hmm My particular diagnosis can occur in any human being, but statistically, you are more likely to have this if you are obese, if you are Black, and if you are a woman. Ding, ding, ding. Um, So just a, a note to all of my fellow Black females, get your eyes checked frequently and much like you can test your blood pressure they can test the pressure of your cerebrospinal fluid it's not pleasant they have to do a spinal tap on you but it can be done so if you ever feel some of these symptoms lightheadedness dizziness sudden foggy vision things like that please please see your doctor if you if you're if you're ever having symptoms for anything see your doctor but i cannot express to you enough how important it is to to check on these things so that you know, for me, that is how my disability affects me. My optic nerves don't work. I am blind. You can call me blind. I am a blind bride. On a daily basis, I don't like to. It's hard because I can't separate myself from my blindness, obviously. That is a part of me. That is what my mm-hmm. body is now. It is disabled. It is my vision does not function, but Mm -hmm. I try my best to live my life outside of just that one aspect of my life. But there are times when it's hard to ignore it and planning my wedding impossible. I am a blind bride and I've had to plan our wedding as a blind bride. And so, yes, that was a long way of saying is absolutely okay to say that to me. I am a blind bride and that is how I identify in the wedding sphere. I
0: think we got a lot out of that answer. A lot of education there as well.
1: We definitely did. So let's talk a little bit about your wedding planning process because it wasn't until you emailed us to, you know, for us to even have this conversation for you to come on the show that I didn't realize how much of wedding planning is so visual, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like from picking your dresses to selecting vendors and even looking at vendor work Mm -hmm. to determine, okay, I'm going to go with this person or I am not, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, so how do you describe, like, how can you describe what your wedding planning experience has been like so far?
2: Sure. Um, I'll be honest. It's been a lot of fun. That's that's, good. Yeah. Um, but I think the word that we're all really looking for is complex. Mm. My wedding planning has been complex. Um, it's a lot of, it's, it first started off with me having to surrender. And I think I've heard you both say on a number of occasions, especially you Ash, you are very type a, (laughs) Very much love a spreadsheet, like to control, like to plan, 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 plan. You are my spirit animal. Um, (laughs) That has been me my whole life. And I think it's one of, there's no, again, no medical explanation for why this happened to me. It's an idiopathic, non-medically explicable issue that happened to me. But I think spiritually, I try to find a reason. And maybe it was God's way of telling me I needed to slow down and give other people a chance because I don't trust people to do things. I'm always of the opinion I can do it better myself Mm -hmm. on my own. And I want to run through this wedding planning by myself. Can't do it. So that was the first thing was the excitement. And then the bittersweet realization that while I get to plan a wedding, I don't get to plan a wedding. I get to plan a wedding with help from a lot of other people. And that has at times been frustrating, but for the most part, again, I've actually really enjoyed the process. And that is because my tip to any bride and groom, but specifically to people dealing with planning with a disability, having an amazing planning team. And I also recognize that for me, that's a matter of privilege because despite my vision loss, I was, you know, I'm in a career field that allows me, not that I don't have my struggles with accessibility and that's a whole separate issue. Accessibility in the workplace is a joke, but for the most part, you know, I'm in a career field where I don't need my eyes so much. Um, My mouth is my is my workhorse. Practicing law is, is, is easier for me than it would be to be a doctor or a nurse or an engineer. So that's where I'm fortunate in that and that I have a, a nice steady income that affords me some of the quote unquote luxuries. And honestly, not even um, when you think about it in terms of a matter of accessibility and accommodation, a planner, um, and a lot of people don't think of it like that, as a, but as a disability, rights issue, you know, having somebody who can help me navigate the wedding industry is almost, I won't say almost, was necessary for Mm -hmm. me. Um, So really my wedding planner is just an, (laughs) it's essentially another accessibility tool for me. And I've had a wonderful planner and as a part of putting together my planning squad, that is, accessibility was at the forefront of my mind. Um, and I probably should have said this up front, a lot of people ask. Reggie is 100% sighted. We are an interabled couple. Um, so there's that. But I also knew I wouldn't get him to plan anybody's wedding. So <laughs> I needed, <laughs> I needed a team. And so one of the things that we focused on was making sure that we found a planner, and then any other vendors who either had experience working with an interabled couple or working with somebody who was disabled. And my planner, Jennifer, of Jennifer Rose Events and Weddings, actually, during our very first interview, I asked her if she'd had any experience and she just happened to have had a um, family member that she grew up taking care of who was visually impaired. And so that right there was immediately a comfort to me because you know, here's someone who at least can empathize with my situation and has a better understanding of what it will take to work with me, the blind mm-hmm. bride. Um, she's also Jamaican, and I'm half Guyanese, so the Caribbean, the Caribbean connection was there, and just an overall vibe from her is what ultimately led us to hiring her, and I have no regrets. And that's not to say that she and I haven't butted heads occasionally, but overall, it. It's been amazing to have her. She knows everything about everything when it comes to weddings in the DMV Baltimore area. So if anybody is just now starting their, their planning, I would definitely seek her out, but working with her has been an amazing experience because she knows so many people. She's had so many experiences planning weddings. She is well connected. And so working through her, I was able to find other wonderful vendors who were eager to work with me and to work with me at my level. So that that is what planning has been like for me. And really it should be for anybody who's planning a wedding, but mm-hmm. a lot of my wedding planning, a lot of the initial choosing that Reggie and I did was based on my needs as a blind bride, our needs as a couple who have never planned a wedding before. Uh, and when you think of planning in those terms as accessibility, really, it's beneficial to everyone. Um, as accessibility is in general, is beneficial to all. If you make things accessible to one person, you have made it accessible to to everyone. I think of it in terms of like um, wheelchair ramps. You know, if somebody is a wheelchair user, they can't, you know, enter a building using stairs. They need a ramp. And a building that has a ramp is accessible not only to a wheelchair user, but also to anybody, correct? And that's what I think about. Making things accessible to, to the most needy makes things accessible to everybody. Mm, that was a great metaphor. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think it's, it's really important to consider that when you take care of your sick, your elderly, your disabled, you're taking care of your entire community. And that is so important. So I'm very grateful to the team that, that I've had. Um, I've had a lot of great experiences with my planning team.
1: That's great. Yeah. How has, um? you said you're making your dress. How has that process been?
2: Oh my God. It has been absolutely wonderful. I'm having the best time and you wouldn't think so. Right. Because, mm-hmm every show we watch is you know you walk into these giant stores racks on racks on racks of dresses right. and you're looking at them in bodices and lace and beading and trains but for me again it's all feel and i knew in my head that i had i had a vision in my head which is one of the reasons why i went to try on dresses before I went to, um, it's called Curvaceous Couture. It's in Colombia. It's a store specifically for plus size brides. So again, ladies, gentlemen, anyone who's checked who's looking for a bridal gown in the plus size section, they are the the Kleinfelds for us chubbies. Um, and I loved it, but I went because I wanted to get an idea of silhouette because you know that's that's what's going to matter. The, the feel of the dress, how it, how it clings to the body, how it moves with the body. I knew that that was going to be the most important thing because once you have your silhouette, you can throw anything on top of, of a lining, which is what my, my dressmaker did, but you got to mm-hmm. know what fits your body. So That was the, that was important. I took three of my closest friends and bridesmaids and we went to a store one day to pervicious couture and tried on dresses. I knew from the beginning, I didn't want a ball gown because I'm short. I'm only five two and I'm chubby. I'm, I'm a big girl. So I didn't want to look a beach ball. And I think we pointed out on a number of occasions, black women love we, we love a fit and flair. We love a, a hip hugger. I'm um, curvy <laughs> and I'm no different. Um, I knew I wanted something trumpety um, that didn't ultimately end up being where I, where we landed, but I'm trying on dresses and having that idea of what, what I liked and what looked good on me because my cousin, one of my bridesmaids was there. She took a million pictures and sent it to um, my bougie squad. That's what I call my bridesmaids. And, you know, we we had a nice chit chat and people upvoted and downvoted. I went in knowing what would look good on me. And then based on that, knowing how I wanted my dress to look in my head. And I luckily already had a name of a seamstress because when my sister was planning her wedding, I was her maid of honor. And she had my dress custom made by um, a woman named um, Miss Ama, and she works for Genesis Bridal Couture Studios here in Laurel. And so she was making my dress and I had such a wonderful experience with her. And I said, you know, Miss Ama, I'm getting married. I'm, I'm tagging you in. And I knew exactly where to go. So once once I had my ring and it, it was my turn, I, I went straight to her. I told her, this is what I like. This is what looks good on me. I sent her reference photos from my dress shoot. And then I took um, my best friend in the world, Caitlin. She's an artist by nature. She's got a brilliant eye. She's just, she's great with fashion. She's just this beautiful, tall, leggy thing with, with an eye. Um, and she knows everything that I like. And we went and we sat with Miss Ama and I gave her this idea. You know, I knew I wanted, you know, a more vintagey look. I wanted lace. I wanted beading. And it was so much fun. Sitting with her in the room, literally spelling out every detail of my dress and listening to Miss Amma draw it out, and Caitlin and I were confirming and then getting to pick my fabric. You know, a, a lot of brides don't get that experience. You know, you, you go and you find a dress that you like, but it's already been, you know, pre-made and then you have it fitted for you. But I got to start from scratch. I got to touch every piece of lace. I got to pick my beads. I got to pick my coloring. Every bit of that dress is is me. It's all me. And I love that. And um, Ms. Ama has been absolutely wonderful to work with. And she, she works fast because I went for my very first, I met with her in November to talk about the wedding dress concept. She did my initial measurings. And then I met with her again in February. She had a lining of the dress ready for me. And I stepped inside and she pinned and tucked and we talked, talked, talked. And then I didn't see her again until May, which really is only three months later, I had a full gown a full gown in Like the woman is good. Um, so at this point now I'm, I'm meeting with her every so often and we're just tucking and pinning and cause Reggie and I have been on this self-help love journey. So I've, I've lost weight. She's had to tuck and pin actually quite a bit since, which is wonderful. Um, but it's just so nice to have had such an in-depth hand at the, f- at the making of my own dress and to be able to feel it as it comes together around me. Like this dress was made for me by this wonderful woman who is very much a mother figure. She's, she's amazing. She clearly has been in the business and knows how to treat people. Um, I can't recommend her enough. And it's just, it's just been such an amazing experience. And so hands on. So what I'm lacking in that visual experience, I've gained in the the very heart and soul of the making of my dress, the feeling, I know the dress very intimately. And I love that experience. So even if you are sighted, I recommend if, and, and for me, it turned out to be a, a bit of a cost savings, because I know that if I try to buy this dress in someone's store I would be living on the streets but (laughs) (laughs) but what she's what I'm paying for this dress you know it's I'm paying significantly less than I would but it's worth it I mean it's not cheap that's for sure but it it's better. And I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting more for my, for my dollar. So for anyone who hasn't quite found the dream dress and maybe wants to consider another Avenue, I know you've talked about rentals on your show and that kind of thing, but if you want a dress that's just you, I would suggest if you can find a seamstress, find a tailor and maybe try that route because it has been an absolutely phenomenal, just, just such a fun experience. Um, my veil is next. So I'm scheduled to go see her in a couple of weeks. And we're going to talk about, um, about my dress to match or my veil to match my very dramatic dress and my, my very dramatic train. I won't talk too much about it now, but yes, um, Yes. when I come back, because I will be back, I'll send you all the (laughs) photos. Yes. Um, I was going to say, please send the photos. Absolutely. Um, yes, no, this, this dress is, this is my ma- I want to say my masterpiece, but I'm not really doing any it's it's my brain, but it's Miss Ama's work and she she does exquisite work. I can't
1: wait to just see based on how you're describing it. Like I feel like it's really about to be everything.
2: I went in and I told her, Miss Ama, look at my ring. I want my I want my ring, turn my ring into a dress was basically Ooh. how we started. So um it's it, it it works. It definitely works. She understood. Her yeah. Love that. So just, um, she's just, a, just another in a string of amazing vendors that I've been so blessed to come in contact with. Um, thank God for my sister finding her first because, you know, she's right around the corner and I never would have found her. That's great.
0: Yeah. So I know you kind of talked about this briefly, but how involved is your fiance in the wedding planning process? Oh, sis.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter if you are blind, sighted, purple, green. Men do not care about weddings. (laughs) Don't care. And Reggie is no exception. Um, But being the type A person that I am, this works to my benefit for the most part because I am with somebody who is so very much the opposite of type A. I really am getting to make this wedding my vision. Um, He has been so very supportive in letting this be for me. And for that, I, I am very appreciative. Now, are there days when I want to wring his neck? Because could you at least get your tux, please? Um, sure, that that has come up, and we are still working through that. Um, but he is borderline reckless in his involvement, but it's it's working. It is. I am getting what I need for the most part. And when I'm not, I'm very vocal about how much more I would like for him, um, so... I would say it's definitely I want to be generous and say 90 10 me.
0: <laughs> gotcha.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, my husband, he was involved in every step of the way. He he was the exception. And so, you know, I was just
2: wondering, you know, if, if <laughs> you I have know a, I have a friend <laughs> like that. I have a friend like really? that. Yeah. Uh, um it's actually something I wanna uh, just um A little bit of unsolicited advice right here and now. Um, Sorry, Ashley, don't mean to step on your toes. But um, (laughs) if you are lucky enough, I would say have a bridal buddy. And that is somebody who's getting married right along with you. And I am just so lucky. Shout out to my good friend, Ashley W. Love you, girl. She got engaged a couple months after me and our weddings are 15 days apart. So we have been going through this like, holding hands and it's been amazing. But her fiance is the opposite of mine in that he is directly involved in every single aspect of the wedding. And I love that for them. It it works um, because she isn't always as invested, not not invested, but there are things that she doesn't always care as much about that he does. And so she has him to lean on, but then, then it's us together and it, it really works. So, um, yes, she wanted me to be sure I said this out loud. And I said, absolutely. If you are planning a wedding and you can, and are lucky enough to do it with a friend, do it. A bridal buddy is phenomenal because you keep each other on track you remind each other of things you may have forgotten and it's always just good to have someone to vent to to cry to and also just to share all the all the happy things with when your fiance is tired of listening to you <laughs> so um so yes dania i i do know one other groom on the planet who cares she just
0: wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But yes, you were absolutely right. It's definitely good to have someone, you know, in your corner who's not going to be like, you're talking about this again. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Why are you crying about this? You know? Uh-huh. So <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. All right. So
1: let's keep it going based on. Your previous experience with weddings, so from your sisters, stuff you remember from like, shoot, growing up or things that you saw on TV, you know, before your diagnosis, like, what did you know I'm not doing? Absolutely not. Or you were like, oh, this is exactly what I am going to do when that time comes.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, great question. Uh, first thing wasn't going to be no jumping anyone's broom. I, with all due respect, mm-hmm. don't get it. So that's just, I mean I, I understand the history. It's just it wasn't for me. No, um, yeah, that's that's fine. <laughs> absolutely no to a bridal toss, a bridal bouquet toss. Um, we're going to be in public. Reggie had absolutely zero interest in going under my dress for any kind of garter, and I didn't want that either. So that was going to be a no for us.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, And I also knew that I really didn't want a huge cake because neither he nor I are cake people. We are, I love a brownie and his favorite thing in the world is a cookie. So we knew that we were going to focus a lot of our money on everything but a cake. We did get a small cutting cake, you know, so we could do it for the gram, but we focused our dessert budget on just coming up with a fabulous dessert display And we have a whole, whole range of, you know, like six or seven different types of desserts. Um, Again, Jennifer, shout out to her for just knowing everything about everything. She found us an amazing black, black bakery, fresh bakery in Owings Mills for anyone who needs. And their prices are wonderful. Um, One of their things is they do these unique, um, their cupcakes are square. So they're really, they're really cute. The Mm. tasting was delicious. They just, they... They have, like, oh, God, 50, 60, 70 different flavors of cupcake. It And I, I don't mean that facetiously. I mean, literally, they have a giant menu of every kind of flavor you could think of. And not just cupcakes. Cake pops, brownies, cookies. They do homemade. Um, I know y'all know the, the old school oatmeal cream pies. They do a uh, homemade. Delicious. Ooh. Yeah, just uh, they do mini pies. Mini pies. It just wonderful. So we, we went with that. Um, so I knew that we were never really going to do a cake and beyond that, we just, I don't think there was any one thing that we set out. Okay. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. We just knew that there was a vibe we wanted and that certain things were going to fit in that vibe and others were. So we, you know, we aren't really traditionalists in the sense that, Oh, well we have to do this or we have to do that. But we knew that there were things we we wanted to happen so that our wedding could be fun. Because that's another important aspect of our wedding. Because I can't enjoy the wedding visually. And I do have guests who are also, also blind. You know, I wanted this experience to mimic what the world is for me now. It's not visual. It's all about experiences, senses, sounds, tastes, smells, things like that. So I wanted our wedding to be not only a a visual, like visually appealing, but also a fun experience to be had by our guests. So the food was super important, you know, fun activities for our guests um, to do, things like that. We've added quite a few fun features for guests to participate in, to watch and and stuff like that, so that everybody is truly immersed in in our wedding as opposed to just, you know, observing it. You know, those are fun tablescapes, but also what's going on, you know, with the guests. The guest experience is very important for us so that that's what we that's what I've taken from my experiences with weddings. Um, Reggie has only ever been to one wedding and it's because I took him. Uh, so our wedding will be the second one he's ever attended. Ain't that fun? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I wanted our wedding to be memorable, but in a good way, because you remember the weddings you remember and it's not always for the best reasons. <laughs> Very true. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, so that's what I knew. I want the music to be lit, I want the food to be great, I want the guests to just have fun, I want them to leave thinking that was magical. Because I've had great experiences at weddings and and I remember those and it was it was wonderful, but I also remember they were wedding, so I was like, well, I probably could have sent a gift. Um (laughs) so uh yeah, yeah. Okay. Well,
1: you are blacked out for your wedding, basically. So what inspired like your all black wedding? And for the listeners that don't really understand or know, they might have gotten a little glimpse earlier when you mentioned your ring and your hashtag, but can you speak a little bit about that?
2: Sure. Um going back, my dating history was a little mixed, but I I knew ultimately I wanted a black family. I wanted to be with somebody black. That was important to me and Reggie was, we both met at a time in our lives when we were both in that same vein of thinking, we were going to settle down with other black people. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't. and that's no shade, you know, I'm all here for interracial marriage and, you know, you love who you love, end of story. But for me, that was important. Um, and then I don't know how this happened, but I just, I'm, I was born in April, my birthstone is a diamond, but for me, black diamonds have always just been these beautiful. I, I, I don't know; they're not for everybody. People think they look dark and weird. I know a lot of people associate them with um, Carrie from Sex and the City. My my choices had nothing to do with her. I've always loved black diamonds. I just think they're beautiful, and I always knew I wanted one, and so that was important to me. That I got a black diamond for my engagement ring, and then that I have a Black man (laughs) to meet me at the end of the altar. Um, But then more importantly, you know, Reggie and I both grew up in the Black community. We were raised and fostered by Black families. And we want to celebrate that, to honor that, to, to pay homage to this community that has loved and supported and raised us. And so for us, it was very important that our wedding not only be our love letter to one another, but our love letter to our community as a whole. So when we started this journey, there was never any question. We were going all in um, to the extent that we could, and we've been very lucky, all black vendors. Um, So when we say hashtag blackout, that's exactly what we mean. And yes, our Our hashtag is Black Diamonds, Black Love, um, because it is a celebration of my love of Black Diamonds and our love of the Black community and our love of Black love. Um, So from the very beginning, we sat down knowing that we were going to work. Because, let's be frank, white people have money. They are investing in their communities. They are, Mm -hmm. you know, when people think weddings, they, they, they automatically, they think white, you know, white dress, white wedding, white, 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 but, you know, and that's fine, but there are so many brilliant black vendors, black people in the wedding industry that are not getting what they deserve or not getting the attention. And they are equally as brilliant, equally as talented, create beautiful weddings for people. Um, And I'm glad it seems now more than ever, people are paying attention, but that was always going to be us. So when I was doing my wedding research, I stayed on the wedding wire diversity filter. It went into every search I ever did. um, And luckily for us in our area, it wasn't hard to find really at the end of the day, the only non-Black vendor we have is our venue. And that's just sad state our community, we we are not great at ownership, property ownership, and investing in real estate. And I'm, I'm hoping you know that will that will grow as well. But but our venue is great anyway. I'm not going to shout it out yet because I want to wait until the wedding happens and I can show everybody all the photos. But our wedding, in and of itself, is owned uh, is not owned by a, a black family or anything like that. But it is a shout out to Baltimore City where we're getting married, and it is it is everything everything I could hope for. It's got all of these fun features and it is, it is, it it pays homage to the natives of Baltimore city. And I I love that. Um, So yes, entire blackout, our caterer, our photographer, our videographer, uh, the planner, everybody, our DJ, amazing DJ, DJ Black Wizard, Dan Ridley. He's, he's wonderful. Um, And our wedding in and of itself is going to be just very black. It's a black tie affair. So we're going for very smooth, sophisticated, very elegant initial, you know, the the ceremony, the dinner, cocktail hour, all very refined, very gala-esque. Um mm. and then the point, <laughs> and Reggie is the most excited about this, there's going to be a point around nine, 930, where he gets to get on the mic and ask the elders who still want to respect us in the morning to leave because we are going full trap from the the end of our wedding. As black as possible. And I said these words to our DJ when we interviewed him, we want to disrespect our ancestors. We want our parents to be ashamed of us, or rather we want them not to have to be ashamed of us so they should leave. So that is, it is a very strict uh, wedding to the end where our parents will wonder how they raised us. Um, and that, that is on purpose. So everything about it, you know, it's an old school, new school. We want, we love the Migos in this household. So very sad about what the three of them are going through right now. Um, I need offset and the boys to get it back together. But um, that is, that is what I mean. That is what we mean by entire blackout, just the blackest black experience and, and, curated by other Black people. And it is something that I think we could only make happen because of the area we're in and the vendors that we've found. Just the most fun and elegant, sophisticated fun is is what we're going for. I I love love
0: all (laughs) of that. Like the fact that y'all are going to like, all right, (laughs) everyone that's maybe 50 and over. Y'all
1: have to go home, but... (laughs) (laughs)
2: you absolutely must get out of here.
0: (laughs) I don't want y'all talking about me the next day now. I don't want y'all to be like, we need Uh, to lay some hands on y'all. Okay.
2: Okay. Um, I will go to church later, but that is not, won't be church at my wedding. Absolutely not. Um, Oh my my gosh. Oh, I love love that too. (laughs) And I promised Reggie, he gets to get on the mic to tell everybody get out (laughs) um so he's he's very excited about that Um, respectfully
0: (laughs) yeah
1: but honestly that's how so many people feel it's like you want your family to be there and to celebrate but it's like you are also ready to party you know like in Mm -hmm. the music we listen to our parents may not want to hear that or mm-hmm. they may not understand and it's not for them to understand. Absolutely. It's not
2: for them to understand at all. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we're going very, very family reunion uh, for cocktail hour and the reception, you know, <laughs> lots of the good oldies um, mm-hmm. I was raised in a proper black household. And I, you know, I know about my temptations and my, my elements, my earth, wind and fire game is on lock, but at 9.30, I think it's time um, that we allow Quavo and the boys to have their fun. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, Forever. yeah, total total blackout. Just total every... I, I just feel so blessed that we were able to find so many amazing Black vendors. I have to talk. I know I'm doing so much, but I have to talk about my florist, my my designer, Um Again, Patricia Sterling was Sincerely P.S. Events, absolutely amazing. She was a referral to me by, I, I, they're more like a team at this point. My wedding planner and Miss Patricia worked together at like 80% of their events. So, you know, when Jennifer referred me to Miss Patricia, you know, wasn't any question. I spoke with her. Um, we talked about her wedding experience when she was married and how she ended up in the industry because she'd had a less than positive experience when it came to florals and decor for her wedding. Um, and so she got into the game and her goal is to never let any other bride feel the way she felt. Um, the first time we met was at a, was at a Starbucks, Jennifer, um, Miss Patricia and my best friend, Caitlin, again, because she's my eyes and she's basically been along with me. This That's, that's really how this whole wedding has come together is just having Caitlin with me, knowing the ins and outs of how my brain works. But I sat down with Miss Patricia for over an hour and we just talked about flowers and color schemes and things that I liked um, and the way I envisioned, again, in my head. And she asked all of the best questions, knew exactly what questions to ask. And I figured, you know, this is great. This is exactly how I'd expect a meeting to go. I can't wait to hear what her vision is, you know, is for us. And, And that was that, um, or so I thought. Fast forward to August, and this was all last year, 2021, August. I had signed up to go to a bridal expo because it was actually being hosted at my venue. And I figured, okay, well, maybe, I I bet at this point I'd had like 90% of my vendors, but I figured, why not? Um, Maybe I'll find someone I like. And I'm glad I did because I didn't have a makeup artist, but I did by the end of that, by that expo. But I went. And I went partially because I wanted to find more vendors and also because I knew that my planner and um, my floral uh, designer, Miss Patricia, were both gonna have booths there. And I just wanted to go out and support, um, even though I'd already hired them both. And I, even now, if I think about it too hard, I cry at just how beautiful this was. Talk about accessibility and accommodation. When I went to, um, to the venue, Caitlin and I walked up. We met up with Jennifer who was there and she's like, Oh, well, Patricia's here too. She's on the next floor, go up and say hello. And we did. And she came up and she, she was talking to me and she had put out a whole tablescape as one normally would expect her to do at a, at a wedding, um, at a wedding expo. And she started describing the table to me and letting me feel things. And, um, she had done a full tablescape for me. She designed my wedding for the expo just so that I would have something to feel, something to touch, something to look at. She did my flowers. She did my table, my plating. She even did the candle lighting because I could see see candlelight. The whole thing for me. Um, And turns out, Jennifer, my planner, who was on the first floor, had a table setting, had a flower set on her table too that she didn't realize was also for me. She had done three different tables, uh, three different flowerscapes for me, and put them all over the venue, and they were specifically for me. and everybody knew except me. So some of the people who were running the event, some of the people who owned, you know, there were staff members there working from the venue. And they're like, oh, did you see your tablescapes? And I was moved to tears. It was the most beautiful thing anyone has ever done for me, for her to go out of her way, because I'm blind to make that real for me ahead of time so that I could know. That's, that is what accessibility is. That is what service looks like. That is that is what I mean when uh, say accommodation is so key. And f- that is what anyone should be looking for when they pick uh, a vendor. But for her to have gone out of her way, pick all of my colors to do, <sighs> I'm not going to cry. Um, shout out to Miss Patricia. Patricia Sterling of Sincerely P.S. Deven- Events and Design. I cannot speak more highly. She is she's damn good. Um, and she's wonderful. Um, and I love it. Every time she sees me, she calls me her, bride. I said, there's my bride. And I, I love her. I love her for that. Um, so that is what my experience has been like. And I, I, again, I recognize I'm lucky. I'm, I might, I'm probably, I don't know that I'm in the, I'm, I'm certain I'm not in the majority, but if more people, more vendors could behave like that, if more people in the disability community could count on service like that, you know, that that is what that is what everybody deserves, that kind of concierge service to know that somebody is willing to work with you at your level, phenomenal. So Miss Patricia's getting all my money (laughs) because flowers are expensive. Yes, they are. But But worth it. And and for her, I'd pay, I'd pay more just for that kind of that kind of service, that kind of again, love from the Black community. That is wow, so it. sweet.
1: That is so, so sweet. Oh my God. It's been,
2: it's been great. It's I can't, I can't, I'll gush for another six hours about this. You have to cut me off. But <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's it's been it's been wonderful. Um, but there have been some bittersweet moments. You know, there. There have been a few days when I've asked myself, why are you doing this? Mm You will never get to appreciate this wedding the way your guests will. You know, I'm jealous of my guests. They get to see this work. I will, you know, unless my miracle comes, I'm never going to get to see this. And there are days when it hasn't felt great, you know, having to let other people pick things for me based on what they think I'm saying. you know, that's frustrating. And again, my inability to control every aspect of this wedding, it's it's frustrating, it's bittersweet. And so I would say this to any disabled um, person getting married, you know, it's okay to feel those feelings. Some days it's just hard to be disabled. It is, it just is. I think we try to make things too flowery sometimes and it's not all, you know, you know, sunshine and rainbows and inspirational story, you know, inspiration porn is also so harmful because sometimes disability is just hard. It's not always this amazing story of this person who overcame amazing odds to do X thing. Sometimes it's just, You know, somebody's sitting in their room wishing that they could see the flowers that they chose that day or, um, you know, walk to the end of their block or or just, you know, so I want to, that's, that is something I'd like to say is people don't, don't be afraid of disability, but also be careful not to try and glorify in a way that it becomes inspirational porn because the disabled are we're not trying to be inspirations. We're just trying to be treated as people. Makes a lot of sense. We just, we just want equal access. Yeah. To to all of the same things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know earlier um, when you were talking about your wedding, you you said that there will be other individuals who also have the same disability there. Now,
2: how are you making your wedding accessible? Um, that's all about venue choices. We Mm. worked really hard to make sure that we picked an accessible venue. And you don't really think about that, right? Um, But what's the elevator situation? Are there ramps for your wheelchair users? Um, is there seating for people who can't stand for long periods of time is there a quiet room for people who suffer from maybe you know or or people who are I shouldn't say suffer from because again see even I can slip sometimes they don't like it (laughs) people do not suffer from autism they have autism they are autistic and you know that Any number of people who are autistic suffer from any number of triggers, overstimulation and that kind of thing. So do you have a quiet space for Mm. somebody, you know, or somebody who is deaf or hard of hearing or has sensitive, have you provided spaces for people to retreat? Um, So those are the things that we thought about. Um, So our venue is is wonderful and we lucked out in that um, the building itself is equipped with a fully functioning elevator to get everybody up and down as necessary. Um, Ramps everywhere for uh, wheelchair accessibility. No one has to go up a stair that they don't want to go up. Um, We have seating everywhere. There are places for people to go and retreat if necessary. We have access to the courtyards so people can, you know, step outside of the building and sit outside in silence. We have plenty of seating, Um, lots of water for people to stay hydrated. And then most important, the bathrooms are um, located very centrally, very, it's all one floor uh, so that because navigation is something that's complicated for me, right? So for me, everything is better in a straight line, in a square. Corners are good for me. When things are in a circle, it's harder. So mm. um, the way our venue is laid out and one floor will be easy for me and my other blind and low vision guests to find the bathrooms. And then the stalls themselves are large and wide. So like my father, who is a wheelchair user, he has to be able to put his wheelchair or scooter in the stall All of those things were taken into consideration. And those are the things that I caution anybody who is planning a wedding to consider, making sure that people's needs are are cared for. Um, physically and emotionally and then the standard stuff you know people don't think about it but food sensitivities that goes under disability and accommodation you Mm -hmm. accommodate for your vegetarians for your people who can't have gluten who can't eat salt who you know have special dietary needs all of those things are are a part of accessibility to to guests so that is how um how we made it accessible. And then I did a fun thing for my blind guests. I made their wedding invitations and their save the dates uh, accessible. I brailed them and then we did audio invitations. We sent out the traditional invitation suite as is, but I added, our, our save the date had a QR code so that they could download a file with all of the information available. And then we did the same thing with the, Invitation itself. I recorded our um, wedding invitation language because I had it memorized. So I recorded that, and then I create and I did that in like a really nice. Feel free to steal these ideas, anybody. Um, I recorded it as a voice, as a um, as an audio file. So it had music playing in the background, and I read the invitation to the guests, and then I created a word file that it contained all of the same information that went in our wedding inserts. So like the RSVP card, we had a COVID safety card and, and some other things. So all of that information was available via Dropbox um, so that my guests, regardless of ability, could read and access that same information. Very Those nice. are all really good ideas yeah yeah, and it's not anything I would have thought of until I found myself in this position, but and I think the the question to ask yourself is, how would you want to be treated? If you had any particular disability, what would you need? And I made sure to put that on our wedding website and the frequently asked questions page. You know, I listed the steps that we'd taken to provide accessibility and accommodations, but we also put in just a very simple, if there is an accommodation you believe you will need to enjoy, please contact us privately. And that is the biggest tip I can ask anybody don't or tell anybody. Don't guess. If you don't know the answer, which many of us don't, ask. Ask your guests, hey, what would you need to make this wedding more comfortable for you? You use a wheelchair. How can we make this better for you? You are sensitive to noise. What can we provide to you to make this better, easier, more enjoyable, safer for you. Because that's the other thing, accessibility is about safety, you know? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I want my guests, all of them, to feel safe, to feel welcome, mm-hmm. and to have fun. Because yeah. that's what I would want as a guest. Right. Now speaking about the fun, yeah, tell us about your bachelorette
0: trip. Ooh, where girl. did you go? Who was there? You know, (laughs) I mean, we already um, heard that your reception is about to be lit. So, like,
2: (laughs) yeah, Um, it was wonderful. Actually, you get get perfect timing. I just came back. Um, I've been, um, we came back on Sunday night. So, I, for the first time in my life, went to New Orleans. I'd never been. Um, Surprise! Shout out to my sister, my matron of honor, Stephanie. Did an amazing job. She and my bridal squad worked their tails off to make it a surprise because I have a traumatic history with people ruining surprises for me, like within hours of things that were supposed to happen for me. So with that in mind, they worked really hard. They, it's been a running joke this whole time that they were just taking me to Ruby Tuesdays and it was going to be a really lit salad bar experience. Um, Oh my gosh. I didn't get a single piece of information about my, my, my bachelorette until we were literally leaving. Um, I didn't even know I was going on a plane until the very last minute. Um, But we flew over to New Orleans and had an amazing time. And it was, um, it wasn't a large group. There were only six of us in total, but it was the perfect size for, for the experience, because I'm not a drinker. I'm not a clubber. So from the very beginning, I've made it clear you know, I wanted my um, bachelorette to be more like just a big girls, adult slumber party, you know, think plush pillows and snacks and girl chat and pedicures and spa treatments and things like that. And so they took that to heart. Um, We went to New Orleans and just, I gained back, so much of the weight I just lost. <laughs> um, we started off with dinner. We went to a place called du- Dookie Chase, which as I understand it is- I've always wanted to go there. Ration for, I guess, Princess and the Frog. Um, believe the hype. Excellent food. Oh. Excellent food. Um, so that was wonderful. And then the next day, um, it took me to a spa called NOLA Organic Spa. It's um, black owned again by black women, uh, sisters actually, and they use all organic products. And it was this, we rent, I guess we got the whole, the whole spa for like a chunk of time. We got like four hours and we just did facials and pedicures and manicures and massages and the whole, the whole treat, um, the works and extra touch. At one point the owner had food delivered in from a local restaurant called The Boulevard. And all I can say is that might be the best piece of salmon I've ever put in my mouth. Mm. Yeah, just just phenomenal. So we did that. And then we had dinner at the Intercontinental. Yes. Oh, rewind. That morning for breakfast, we went to a place called Suri's. Amazing. I had a crab omelet. If you ever get down there, try it. Um, also, their Bananas Foster's French Toast. That is life-changing. Life- changing. Um, And then we had lunch and went to the spa and then dinner at the Intercontinental. And my sister, God bless her, was a complete champ. As I mentioned earlier, she's expecting her first child and she is super pregnant at this point. Like she could (laughs) have, she could drop that baby any day now. And we are hoping, Um, very excited (laughs) to meet this little, this little one. Um, But she was so tired, but she put on a brave face. And I mean, she, she was a trooper. So that was, um, but again, accessibility and accommodation, we only move as fast as our slowest, our slowest person. So lots of sitting and resting and nap times and things like that. You always want to consider, you know, what people are going through. So we made it a point to check in with her to make sure that she didn't feel any guilt. She seemed to feel a lot of guilt about not being in the best you know, the best space physically, but you know, we made it clear, you know, this is not, I was having a wonderful time regardless, but to make sure that she and the baby were safe and comfortable to, to the best that we could. So um, always, always with accommodation in the back of the mind. Um, and then that was Saturday, Sunday, we had brunch at someplace called the Ruby Slipper. Oh my goodness, again, Banana Foster's French Toast, and they had this thing called Sweet Heat fried chicken. It's made with them. I think it's that Frank's sweet, red, hot, I'm mm. remembering it, but, oh, it mm-hmm. was phenomenal. Um, so that's how we wrapped up the trip there. And then we flew back home and it was, it was amazing. And the people, oh, we did get, we did get beignets at Cafe du If you've never been, you know, you must, it's a staple. So we made our way down to, you know, Bourbon street and all of that and got beignets absolutely delicious when they're fresh out. Um, it really does look like you're swimming in a vat of powdered sugar though. They cover those things. So you will literally have it all over your clothing. Thank God for bridesmaids who love me enough to let me know and to brush me off because I had the nerve to wear a full black dress and then covered in powdered sugar. Um, (laughs) so we, um, we left on Sunday. It was a short trip, but it was wonderful. It was Everything I needed to be just five of my dearest loved ones closest to me in the world there with me, having the most amazing experience. The people were wonderful. The food was incredible. Louisiana is the reason that this country has an obesity problem. I'm convinced it's New Orleans Um, because the portions are huge and their food is so good. Just every bit of it, delicious um, one complaint, don't know what they're doing down there with all that humidity and heat. That is for the birds. Um, but <laughs> beyond that, I don't do heat, I much prefer cold weather. Yeah. So that was absolutely miserable for me at some points, but uh just an absolutely incredible experience. Had the best time, um, and it was a complete surprise. Loved every every minute of that, and I I would definitely be back because Reggie's never been. So now I have an excuse. I have to take him to New Orleans because it was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And I miss it already.
0: (laughs) I've never been as well. And so I'm like low key writing down all the places that you mentioned. (laughs) I know I missed some, but when I go back to edit, I'm definitely going to look those places up. And like, oh, girl,
2: you will get everything for me. You can get an email from me. I can tell you every place. You- <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and shout out to my, one of my besties, Monique. She, that, that was her assignment because she used to go, she, she went to Xavier. So she lives in New Orleans. So she, ah, <laughs> she did okay. the spots we went to and she nailed it nailed it so momo sissy i love you so much for that um no but i i will send you an email every single one of those places i did not have a single bad meal while i was down there not a one not a one i love it oh my gosh and all the
0: food like i am so hungry right now
1: right all the food
0: that you mentioned i'm like oh that would be so good right now exactly especially especially to top it off with the beignets oh my gosh oh girl
2: (laughs) worth it oh believe the hype <laughs> Mom, they. Oh yes, I get it now. I get it. Yeah. Mhm.
0: Yeah. Oh um, goodness.
2: Everybody, go to New Orleans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is on my list. Hopefully, I make it next year. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, the husband will be listening and be like, "Hmm, maybe for an anniversary." But I was you know thinking I, that for y'all. You know, but I've been telling him this, like. For a couple of years now, and you know, but you know what? He always has something, you know, in his back pocket. So
2: we'll okay. see. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll come through, Brandon. Let's let's get to work. Well,
1: final question, and it's kind of a doubleheader. So, what advice would you give to another visually impaired bride? that is navigating the engagement process, but then also to a couple that wants to have more of an inclusive wedding. So to, you know, just thinking more of their guests and the experience there.
2: Absolutely. Um, well, it was, like I said at, at the beginning, I cannot stress this enough. Um, it starts with your team. If you have a WAC team and it, regardless, if you are 100% percent able-bodied or not. If you have a WAC planning team, you're going to have a WAC planning experience. Um, but specifically for someone who's disabled and specifically for someone who is blind or low vision, having a, a crack team is going to be the first. It's It's the the best thing you can do for yourself in terms of accommodation is to get a good team. If you can afford a planner, get one. If you can afford even just, you know, even if it's just month of fine, if you can find, I did partial planning, so I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, but that's, that's the first thing. Um, and then advocacy. It, it is often very frustrating and um, sometimes feels a little you can feel very helpless having to self-advocate all the time because it feels like you are constantly having to tell people things you think they should know you know how to treat humans as other you know how to treat other humans as humans but the fact of the matter is um and I know this for me in a lot of cases I'm the first blind person a lot of people come into contact with and so I have to acknowledge that um Be prepared to explain as kindly as possible. And depending on my mood, um, that goes well. (laughs) Um, But explaining what I need. But in general, that is what I can um, say to any blind bride or groom or in between, any married person, any person with a disability. I'm sure you've had all the experience and you're sick of it, but keep up because advocacy is how you get what you need. It's how you get what you want. And for me, it was all about letting my vendors know upfront, Hey, I'm blind. So every, every interview I went into one of the first questions I asked was, so what's your experience with working with an interabled couple? What is your experience working with somebody is blunt, you know, who is disabled? How are you going to be able to accommodate me in your process of working with me in my wedding? Those are, um, very important interview questions that I asked every single vendor we interviewed. That is my biggest tip to a couple planning a wedding as an interabled couple: um, advocacy and asking for what you want, and being upfront. Because hiding your disability doesn't get you results. You mm. know, pretending that it's not there doesn't help because then your vendors don't know how to work with you, and also you want to weed out the jerks. There are going to be people who don't care, who don't want to learn, who don't have the time or don't want to invest emotionally in figuring out how to work with you. And you don't want to work with that kind of person. Also, you want to leave a review so that other disabled people also know, not the one. Um, but that is that is the key, is asking up front, stating up front, being proud upfront. I'm disabled. Here's what I need from you can you provide because at the end of the day i'm blind but my money is still just as green as anyone else's and i am paying they're not i'm not getting a disability discount you know i am paying all the same prices as anyone else and so are any any disabled person we are all paying the same amount of money so we should all be entitled to the same level of respect dignity and service and as for other people planning their weddings and um, thinking about their guests, again, common sense things, you know, stairs, not great for everybody. Make sure the place you have is, has ramps. Um, if if people need quiet spaces, if you're inviting children and there are women who are breastfeeding, do you have a place for them to stay? You know, all, all of those things that you would want as a guest, now think about it in the reverse. How are you going to provide those things for your guests. Accommodation is really all it is. It's just being accommodating. It's being empathetic. It's being courteous. It's just understanding the needs of individual people. And it's not overly complicated when you think about it like that. Um, it's like I said before with my metaphor. If you provide a ramp, everybody can get in the building. You know, that's the point, is everybody gets in everybody is welcome. Everybody is safe. And if we think about the world as a whole like that, but specifically the wedding industry, you really can't, you can't fail. And then being willing to acknowledge when you don't know the answers. And then again, asking your guests, it could be as simple as, you know, using a survey. Um, Shout out to Zola. I don't know which of um, the wedding planning apps either of you used. I did a lot of tests. Wedding wire and the knot failed when it comes to accessible technology. Mm. Their apps were woefully under, um, and that's a sad thing because a lot of accessible technology is only just now being developed. Mm-hmm. Web design is only now really including accessibility. And Zola's not perfect by by <laughs> by far. It is, it needs work, but of the three, they were the most accessible. And the most receptive, I have been on their phone line since 2020, constantly calling in and telling them, here's what's wrong with your app today. And your website is missing this button. And it's the same with all web design Um, forms, anything like that needs to be accessible to screen readers, which is what blind people use to navigate on their web, on their phones and on their computers and tablets. And if your website is not designed appropriately to to interact with the screen reader technology, then it's it's useless to me as a blind user. So um, that's all about the coding, which means it's better to design your website to code with blind people in in mind as opposed to having to go back and fix it later because that's what Zola is having to do that's what all of these websites are having to do now they had to go back and it's a it's a disaster but Zola is one of the few that has really stepped its game up I can see the changes that they've made since I started calling you know a year and a half ago now they're they're implementing as best they can it's still not perfect but it's it's better um but what I I brought them up because, you know, they have so many different ways for you to interact with your guests. You know, they can RSVP online and you can ask questions. and, And I use the survey function a lot to ask guests, you know, what, what things do you need? What, what are your dietary concerns? So, um, that is how I say that couples can plan their weddings and make them more accessible to their guests is to think about their guests is just the humans that they need to think about what they would need if they were disabled. Um, And then when all else fails to ask the questions, Hey, what can I do to make this work for you? And it, it's not expensive. It just takes more time. And I think that's part of the problem. People don't want to do the work. They don't want to take the time, but it's worth it. Because all of your guests can enjoy the same wedding. Great answer. Great response, honestly. Thank you. It's been quite an experience. And yes, there's a visual element to wedding planning. But if you don't have that, there are still thousands of other ways to enjoy the wedding planning process. And I can only speak to experience as a blind person. So You know, I I tried to make this as general as possible in terms of accommodating all disabilities, but specifically when it comes to blind wedding planning, you know, take a minute to feel your feelings. If, if there comes a moment when you are sad, because, you know, there are days when I'm sad because I know my ring is beautiful, but I can't see it. That's sad because isn't that part of the fun you, Tania, you talked about earlier, you know, you get it cleaned and you got that first, that, that fresh sparkle. I'll never know that joy. Um, And that's fine. But, you know, feel those feelings. But then also remember you're getting married. There is a person there who loves you. And at the end of the day, that's the fun. Knowing that you are working towards getting to the end of this road where there's this person at the end of the aisle waiting for you at that altar, that table, that courthouse, whatever it is, who's waiting to marry you as you are and again another reason why i just feel so lucky to have found Reggie is that he just he just loves me i am as blind as they come and he just loves me and he takes care of me and he you know he's not perfect he gets on my nerves just like like anybody else but it's just wonderful to have that and so i want that for anybody who wants that for themselves planning should be fun regardless and when you find that it's not fun stop take a break Go do anything else, but come back when when you're ready because planning should be fun. And for me, it has been. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation to talk about the ways that the industry and the world in itself can change, but also to talk about the fact that even with a disability, life goes on, you, you find love, you find joy, you plan weddings, and it can be and is a great, fun experience. I'm a blind bride and I love it. I'm so glad you're having
1: a great experience because wedding planning was not great for Tania nor I. (laughs) So for you to be able to have a great experience is like, I love that so much for you. I know the pictures, the vibe, everything is going to be exactly how you wanted it times like a hundred
2: i'm 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 excited to go back now. I, I don't want to hear that you all being miserable, but I'm very excited to dig back into the archives and keep going because I want to hear the stories of how you know, Ashley, I'm getting bits and pieces of your engagement. To um, me, mm-hmm. we're not there yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get to you. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm excited to hear when it happens. but, um, and I think that that in and of itself, though, it just proves my point being disabled is not an indicator of whether or not your wedding will be good or whether or not your planning process will be any worse or any better than any other person you can be disabled and have an amazing experience you can be 100% fully bodied and fully able and have a less than great experience you know it's it's what you make it and it's how you approach it to make it good or bad or in between so Um, I don't want anybody to let that be a deterrence, you know, because I think a lot of people, I, I did, I got a lot of comments from people like, well, why don't you just go to the courthouse ableist because I'm a woman (laughs) who is getting married and I want to have a wedding and I can, um, and so just things like that. Don't say that to people, never say that to anybody. If somebody says I'm getting married, I'm having a wedding, you keep those thoughts to yourself because you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what people are experiencing. And this person could have just experienced the worst possible time in their lives. And they need this wedding, this moment, this time to, to have something to, to celebrate, to distract them and to enjoy. And for you to, to, to ruin that with something so, so thoughtless, um, and, when I say you, I don't mean you too specific. I just mean in general. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch what you say to other people. You have no idea what people are going through on any given day. And, you know, people in the disability community are deserving of every single ounce of respect and dignity as anyone else. So if you want to have a wedding, have a wedding. End of story. I love that. And
1: if this show hasn't taught us anything else, it's that representation matters so, so much. So even for you to have your wedding in the way you want it, others are going to be able to see your wedding or hear about your wedding. And then they can now understand that is something that can happen for them as well. And it's like just the world at large always just assumes everyone has the same level of access and privilege and we don't. And so it's stuff like this that matters and goes a long way because even for, so example, how you discovered us through the Zola article, there have been so many Black brides that felt like if I didn't have a glam wedding, that my wedding or my engagement experience is invalidated. Because it's not what is being represented. But just by us having that conversation and then by Zola, you know, turning that into an article, others are now feeling seen and feeling like, okay, I don't have to do it this way. So I think I absolutely love that you were like, no, I'm going to have the wedding. I want it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be in this manner, like, because somebody else needs to know that needs to see
2: that or needs to know that this happened for you so it can happen for me as well so absolutely anybody can have a wedding and you can have whatever wedding you want in whatever way you want and I think maybe Mm -hmm. that's the biggest takeaway for me is being blind is I get to buck tradition because I'm not a traditional bride I can do whatever I want and so can anybody else if you want you know dogs a dog sled to run you up your aisle do that you know whatever it is that you want for your wedding, right. make it your own. Um, and people in the Black community especially need to hear that because we are told in so many ways, in so many places, no. So this is my permission to everybody here. The answer is yes. Have your wedding your way. I love that. Well,
0: we are going to move into the wedding vendor love. And I'm excited to hear about all your vendors because like you said before, they are all Black. So please tell us who you would like to shout out this week.
2: Um, Well, I've already given a bunch of names just because they fit into my stories. So I feel good. Um, My planner, Jennifer uh, Edwards-Gardy of Jennifer Rose uh, Events and Weddings. Patricia Sterling of Sincerely P.S. Events. Um, Special mention to my photographer, Allison Washington, Young Black Woman, um, here in the DMV. She, I picked because not only was she black owned business, um, but this is something I should have mentioned. It also felt important to me to reach out to other disabled vendors, which is something you wouldn't consider. She is a disabled photographer and she and I have bonded and I'm not, I will give you all your information. You should reach out to her. Um, I'm not going to tell her story for her, but it would be an asset to speak with her as a disabled vendor. But she is brilliant and she is, she's become honestly, probably one of my favorite people in the entire world. She and actually, have, I have actually become really good friends as a result of us working together. And she has made me feel so comfortable, so connected to somebody in a, it's like having a really good friend with me in, in a very different way. So Allison Washington photography, check her out on IG. She has a wedding website. Uh, she has a website, um, her photos are spectacular. She, and she can shoot anything. She's, she's done it all. She does amazing work and it's just, it's it's bright and, and there's color and emotion. And she's just, she's just really good at capturing moments and people. So can't, honest to God, she's one of my favorite people in the world. Alison, if you're hearing this, I love you so much. And then I mentioned at the bridal expo when I said that I walked out with a a makeup artist, Tanisha Williams, beauty, my God. Um, I met Tanisha at the bridal expo and she, we immediately vibed. There's just, I remember there were two artists there and I met her and then I went and spoke to the second young lady and she just, it's like, she didn't even really try to get my business, but that's fine because I ended up with Tanisha. And I when I say end up, I mean in the best possible way. We vibed so well. And so I had her do my engagement photos. And um, you all can see her work in in the photos on my wedding website. I don't wear a lot of makeup just on a daily basis. I never, I never did. But especially now, I can do my own makeup. I know how. But it's harder and it's just not really my ministry. So I wanted something that was natural, but that still looked wedding glam and that is her niche she has nailed it when it comes to wedding makeup that is glowy and that and when i say she knows how to make chocolate skin pop oh lord so um tanisha williams beauty again check her out on instagram um can't thank her enough like she again another one of my favorite people in the world one of my best investments in this wedding is my makeup artist she's worth every penny she also does lashes uh, she's just, she's great. So check her out. Um, and then I just, I have a bunch of other black vendors, my caterers, get plated, DJ, black wizard, just there's a whole list. I just, I cannot thank these people enough. And then again, Miss Amma at Genesis bridal couture studios for making the wedding dress experience so wonderful that it never once occurred to me that I could have a bad dress that, being blind was not a hindrance to picking a dress. I did that by myself, just, you know, with help. Um, so it's, those are, those are the ones <laughs> I've given you a lot, but those, those, are, my, those are my main shout outs. That was perfect. So perfect.
0: Ashley, who would you like to shout out
1: this week? I am shouting out a wedding planner based in Arizona. Her name is Cassandra Nicole Events. And we haven't really shouted out a vendor in the Phoenix or Arizona area before. And with the news that Rihanna is about to take over the Super Bowl, which is going to be in Arizona, I felt like it was appropriate to also find a vendor based in Arizona that is Black, qualified, and knows her stuff. So if you were looking for a wedding planner in the arizona area please look up cassandra nicole event cassandra is spelled c-a-s-s-a-n-d-r-a-n-i-c-h-o-l-e for nicole so nicole would h events e-v-e-n-t-s that is her website and her instagram and of course you'll be able to find this who are you shouting out this week tania
0: Yeah, so this week I'm shouting out a videographer team. It's a husband and wife duo by the name of Orion and Amber Daniels. They are based in Atlanta, but of course they travel. So if you are in need of a videographer, please look them up. They are a dedicated team who will spend countless hours making sure that your day is memorable and that is tailored to your personality. I love their work. They make sure to capture the couple very beautifully. So look them up on I Do Videography Atlanta on IG, or you can look them up on their website. I Do I Do Videography Atlanta, A-T-L-A-N-T-A dot com. All right. That's who I have this week. Thank you so much, Liz. Uh, do you have anything you
1: have going on or anything you want to plug before we let you go?
2: I am in the process of starting a a blog because I want to be able to talk more about my experience just as a blind woman, having lost my vision later in life Mm -hmm. to talk more about the bridal experience and that kind of thing. But, um, We're we're not quite there. We're not ready to launch quite yet. So I this will have to come back around. But yes, I'm I'm working on it. But just remember the words blind, black, and bougie. That's that that that, um that's my that's my brand. Love that. Well thank you so so much again for talking with us. Well, thank you so much for having me, ladies. I know I talked your ears off. I told you this is what I do. I love to talk. (laughs) And I felt like this was, this message was important and I needed to, I needed to say everything, but I realized I gave you all a lot. So I really appreciate you all. We love having (laughs) you on today. Yes. (laughs) Um, I really would love the opportunity to come back after the wedding and, you know, talk about how does, how does a blind wedding end? And then what is life as the blind wife? Yes. All of those things.
1: Love that. Yes. We're definitely going to have you come back. You. Ever wanted to find anyone that has ever been shouted out on this show and all 300 plus wedding vendors that have been shouted out, which is a wild to even think of, but you will be able to find them on find.huidoo.com. So if you don't remember what we said, or you're listening to an episode later and you want to look that person up, or maybe you don't remember how to spell their name, or what have you. You can always go there and easily find them. So just a little mental
0: note. But Tania, where can people find us? You can find us on huido.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok. And you can find Ashley at Demi Tasha on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Bill Belsarit on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you again. We'll be back. See y'all next week.